You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tetford, professional archer. Hey everyone, I'm Christy Titus, and you are listening to Archery Maniacs. We cover everything archery, from the hunting side to the tournament side, with stories, tips and tactics, gear reviews, and more. That helped my tuning game so much when I made sure that all my arrows were square. And I'm just staring into his eyes. Blood's dripping off of its tines. Mud is everywhere. The clarity these mavens offer is amazing. I'm just like Spider-Man, you know, on this rock. You know, just <laughs> laying there. Belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant. In this episode, I have Jordan Budd on the podcast. She shares her 2017 archery mule deer hunt from the high country. I hope you enjoy the show. No, dude, I just, <clears throat> I locked out. I don't know. No, I, so this little area, like, that I hunted in this year, it's a general, over-the-counter, like, public land, high country tag is what it is. It's just a general deer tag. Yeah, and, like, that that particular spot, like, I'd actually been going, like, for the longest time, I've just wanted to shoot a mule deer, like, a good, like, a miniature, like, a good mule deer in the high country with my bow by myself. Uh-huh. Like, for, like, three years, that's all I've wanted to do. And just, like, given the nature of uh, the show that I film for and whatever, we're always hunting sheep the 1st of September, so... um Usually by the time I get over to hunt, I only get, like, a few days here and there or whatever. And then, like, they're hard-horned, and then they're usually in the trees, and I have no patience for hunting them (laughs) in the trees like that. So it just never – it never really works out. Well, um, so when I – I got my residency last year in Wyoming, so then I didn't even have to draw the tag. I could just do a general, and then right up there, it's kind of where three – different units come together and it was like a dividing line for when you draw like as a non-resident when you draw in Wyoming you draw like you know like the regions uh-huh there was a re there was a region split and those deer would pass back and forth between it so I could never hunt both sides I had to stick with one side and as it turns out now that I know I was hunting the wrong side the whole time gotcha. which is fine I know that now but now that I have my residency, I just have a general tag, and it's all fair game. So I went up there probably, like, middle of June is really when I started started getting uh, kind of serious, like, getting in and glassing different spots. And it's still pretty early. Um, but the 4th of July, I packed in a little ways, and I climbed up on this big, like, uh, I don't know. I just climbed up one side of the drainage, set my uh-huh. tarp up up there, and stayed the night. Got up the next morning and started glassing, and I found, ooh, like two two shooter bucks for sure. Um, one of them was a lot like the one that I killed this year. He was probably a little bit wider, and he had a couple of inlines. Awesome. He was super cool, but I never. I never found him again. Like he kind of went over the hill and I, or he went over the next mountain and I never, I tried to go over there and find him and I never could find him. So I ended up making that, that weekend that ended up being like four days off of work. So ended up making a big loop, um, 
around, just kind of around the wilderness and came back and I was getting back to my pickup uh, late one evening, like when I was packing out, it was like on a Sunday or whatever. And I just make like a freaking nine mile loop in there <laughs> and don't really see much for deer. Right. And I, there was still a lot of snow up high. The snow just melted late this year and there was a lot of snow and saw a ton of elk and ton of elk tracks, but just no deer tracks up there. And so I'm like, well, I'll just come back like towards the end of July and maybe they'll have moved up by then. So I get, I get to my pickup. I just like sit down on the tailgate and like, Jesus, like, I just carry way too much stuff with me. Right. And I, I know I look up on the hill and I'm like, Oh, there's a little elk up there. So I like grab my binoculars and look at him. I'm like, that's a deer. Like that's a freaking mule deer right there. And I was like, Holy Jesus. So he kind of like, I film him in my, and that's one thing too. Like I got him, I got really good footage of him pretty much that's all so summer. Cool. Yeah, so much footage of him all summer, like, from right when I found him and all through the summer. It's pretty cool. So I filmed him, and then he went over the hill, and then it was dark, and I had to go back to work. So went back to work, came back the next uh, the next weekend, and then found him again right there in the same spot. And, I mean, he's not – when I – actually, not really in the same spot. He had moved. He was – but, honestly, he was, like, a mile into wilderness. Like, he wasn't that far in. He was just in kind of a out-of-the-way little goofy spot that I wouldn't have really looked for a deer. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. just tucked in there. So, I, like, watched him all summer. Um, that's all I would do. Like, at 5 after work, I would um, haul ass up there and then throw camp on my back. And I'd, like, go up on different... Uh, climb up way high like go on different ridges around him and then I would get up in the morning and I would glass him and I'd usually find him in the morning and then I'd go walk around and try to like find different spots and find different deer or whatever but I always found him and then like the very first of August was like the last time I saw him until I shot him like he just uh. he just disappeared like it was the weirdest thing. I don't really know if he left or if he was there the whole time and he just like, you know, hormones start kind of changing then if he just got sly. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing, but I completely lost him. Hmm. And uh, then, so like literally the entire month of August, I just, I couldn't find him. I really couldn't find any good deer. It just, it really kind of sucked. I was like, I don't know what I, you know, it's like, what the hell do you do? Yeah, so, um, I understand completely. Yes, exactly. So in September, we had we packed in to sheep camp like August 30th, and we sheep hunted from September 1st to September 13th. And so when I had a, I had a wedding to go to, my cousin's wedding was the 16th of September, so I had to pack out to go to to her wedding. Well, all the snowstorms that were happening like around <laughs> Cody that time, they they were going to roll in on the like the 14th over there. So they said, "Jordan, why don't you go out the 13th so you don't get snowed in back here?" Cuz we were like, I don't know. We were 10-15 miles in on horses. 
Yeah. So, like, we don't want you to get snowed in and then miss this thing, because I would get shunned from my family if I missed it. But, <laughs> so, we packed out, and I think I got back into Cody at, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, two, maybe. And I went, and I licensed my pickup. I had already packed all my stuff for my deer hunt, because I was going to go right from the sheep hunt to the deer hunt. And so I had all my stuff packed in my house rolled up and threw all the stuff from sheep hunting in, grabbed my backpack and and then my clothes for the wedding or whatever and, and rolled out. <laughs> and I got up there at like 5.30, I think. And I didn't really know, like I had a game plan, like go back in and obviously try to find him and kill him. But I honestly didn't think I was going to be able to find him. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I'll give it hell, but I don't really know what's going to happen. So, I pardon my pickup, and I climb up on top of this ridge and, like, look over into a couple of little holes that I'd seen him in, don't see anything, and here comes the freaking rainstorms, and it's lightning, and so I was like, Jesus. So I drop back down, I drop back down to the pickup, and uh, then I made, like, a loop. I basically drove around the entire mountain and was going to, like, go in on a different access point, basically. So I got in there, and in the morning, like, really early in the morning, I just slept in the back of my pickup because, I don't know, sometimes I just don't feel like pitching the tent. And uh, I woke up really early that morning. Yeah, I woke up really early that morning. I just started hiking in there. And I got up on this little ridge that I glassed him from quite a lot. And I'm looking one way. Where he's always been is where I'm looking. And it, I don't know, the sun came, the sun was just about ready to hit my binoculars and it was going to be hard to glass in there. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to run over behind me and look down over into this and just see if he'd move down into over here or whatever. And I'd glassed that a bunch and still hadn't found him. And I like just walk over and with my naked eye, like 800 yards from me, there's a big ass gray body like in, the, in this little opening in the tree. And I was like, oh, it's got to be Buck. So I threw my tens up, and I just kind of, he was eating, and I just saw a frame, and I was like, no way. And then I threw my spotting scope on him, and he I just saw his right side was like super good forks on his right side, and then I had seen his frame. So I was like, I didn't really still think it was him, maybe, um, mostly because, you know, I hadn't seen him since the end of July. And they look a little different when they're hard-horned. Oh, man, don't <laughs> then, they? You know, they're a little more finished out. Yeah, they just look different. So I didn't really know if it was him or not. So I just start, like, kind of drop down behind this little hill and just start hauling ass over there. And I get, like, basically 200 yards from him. And that was the last time I laid eyes on him before I had to basically go behind a hill and, like, make the make the approach in to shoot him. And so I dropped my backpack right there. I had eyes on him. I took my boots off and then I went back and like I had the camera with me and I snuck in there and he was like gone. But the wind was okay, but he was gone and I just didn't know. I didn't know which way he went. Like I didn't know if he dropped down into the trees. I didn't know if he went up over the top into another little like through a little saddle and over to another side. I just didn't know where he went. And 
that's the tough thing about being by yourself is you can't even go back to your buddy and be like, where the hell did he go? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you just kind of, hmm, he's gone again. (laughs) So I stalked around there in my socks for like two hours, just looking, going super slow and just glassing near the trees and seeing if I could see him move or whatever. Finally, I went back to my pack. Uh, put my boots back on, went back up onto the uh, point that I was glassing from. And here comes like a freaking wall of rain. It was basically just clouds. And I was like, here comes the snow. Like, this is, <laughs> this is going to be it. So I ended up, I walked back out and went to my pickup and was just going to kind of wait this stuff out. And... Uh, ended up going out and getting cell phone service and calling a couple people and kind of just talking to them about, like, talking to my dad. I was like, here's what I found. I don't know exactly what's, you know, what to do about it. The snow's coming in. It just started snowing. And, like, I waited it out, like, I don't know, three hours maybe. And then it all pushed over and it got sunny again. And I was like, oh, we might be okay. And this particular place, like, the road you have to drive in on is super sketchy, especially when it gets wet, like, with a pickup. So I was terrified to get too far in there and then have it snow a bunch and basically get stuck and, like, mm-hmm. have to try to chain up and get out of there. So so that's why I left during that day. And then when it cleared up and got sunny again, I was like, all right, we might be in business. So I went back in and... uh hiked back up onto that little hill and but this time I got a little bit closer to where I got probably I cut half the distance off I was probably three four hundred yards um to where I had seen him before and I just got the wind right and snuck in there and got up on a little rock that I could glass from and I was up there and I don't know for maybe an hour and I get, I'm like a child, like I get super bored. And so I had my camera out, like, I don't know, taking pictures of my boots and just all that stuff. And I literally was like, this is, this is ridiculous. And I could see like a st- the storm coming. And I was like, this is going to be the actual storm because it was supposed to, it was supposed to snow that night. And I was like, man, this just isn't good. And I like, I stood up and I turned to my right and was glassing some stuff down a little bit lower. And I just like literally turned around, and looked over my shoulder and there's that big ass gray body again, like 250, 300 yards from me on the same <laughs> hillside in a tiny little group of trees. And I glassed him and I'm just like, I just crouched right down. And I was like, oh shit, that's him. <laughs> and so I was like, that's crazy. I still don't know how he got to that side of the mountain without me seeing him. I mean, I did leave for a while, but yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. I can't quite piece that part together. No kidding. Yeah. But, um, so I grab my bow and I leave everything. He's so close. Like I leave everything else where it's at. I grab my bow and kind of get down behind this little hill. I like looked at my camera for a couple of seconds and I was just like sorry buddy you're not coming with me this time like this is either gonna happen like I'm either gonna kill him or I'm gonna get good footage of him freaking bouncing away from me 
<laughs> so that's kind of how I felt. Oh God! So that's that's the self-filmer's nightmare. I know. Like it, I understand. I, I have that feeling every yeah, time. Yeah, I know. And I told myself this year, I was like, "You will film this, no matter what. <laughs> you will film this." And then you just, you know, you get in the moment and you see kind of how big a deer he is, and you're like, "No, eh, it's I not going to happen. I probably am not going to do this." <laughs> no. So I like get behind this little hill. And start kind of making my approach. And how it was is like a little patch of trees, like a really little patch of trees, like, you know, and just the high country. He was still at like 9,800 feet. Mm-hmm. So he was, uh, it's just a little patch of trees. And then there was like a rock face right behind him. Not a, not a big rock face. It was probably 20 feet down there, maybe. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a big one, but he was right underneath of that when I saw him. So I kind of swung out, made a half circle, made my approach, got into like 100 yards, took my boots off, and kind of started sneaking in there. And I'm like, okay, I'll come right up over the top of that rock face, and he'll be underneath me, and I'll shoot him off this rock, and it'll be epic. And so I get on top of that little rock, and like, of course, he's gone again. And I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) So I didn't really know what to do. The wind got a little swirly on me. When I took my boots off, it just... It just changes, you know, that's mountain stuff, it just changes. So yeah, sure. I feel it I feel it hit the back of my neck and I'm just like, Oh, this might be over. But I took my puffer out, like my just like the smoke in a bottle or whatever, and gave it a couple and it like went at my back, but it got out there like five yards and went straight up and took a left. And I was like, Okay. I guess keep going. I don't know. So I just kept going, got up above this rock face. He was gone. Well, that rock face is sitting at a slant, and I was like, I thought he was gonna bed right underneath of it, and I just I couldn't see it. Like I couldn't lean over far enough to see straight down. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea how the hell I had a shot off that thing. But so <laughs> this is what this is what I do, and this is not recommended. Now that I did it. And it, it still worked out, but it's not recommended. I freaking... So this wall of white clouds is coming at me. I have my shoes off. My rain gear is like 300 yards from me. And I'm like, I got to make something happen here. So I take my freaking diaphragm call out of my bino harness and throw it in my mouth. And I freaking... I draw. I've ranged all the trees, a bunch of stuff around me. I draw. And I just freaking like cow call a couple times and then I let a bugle out. Like I was just trying to make a move. Yeah. Yeah. That is the dumbest. I mean, looking back, I'm just like, that is the dumbest thing. Why the hell did you do that? <laughs> so nothing, nothing happens. Right. So I'm like, Oh damn, like the wind must've got me. He's gone. I don't know. Well, he was on a little bit of a hill side that like it kind of wrapped around. I don't know. There's just a little rise there that I couldn't see over, Uh huh. but the trees are still below me. And I still think he might be in the trees because they're not super thick. Um, you know, in total, there's like 12 big trees and they're kind of just all in a clump, I guess. Yep. So I start going up this little ridge. and I'm like, well, I'll just go up and like peek over and see if like he just made his way around. He's milling around over there or if he's freaking like running away because he knows I'm there. <laughs> and so I like start going up this ridge. And for whatever reason... I'm still going pretty slow and kind of looking in, in the trees. 
for whatever reason, I stopped and there was some, uh, like, a branch that had fallen off a tree and it was, like, some branches down there. And I was like, you know, I should range that. For I have no idea why. So I was like, well, I'll just range it. So I took my, I, I used the EL ranges, so, like, I had okay. some extra power. And I remember putting it on there. I hit the button and it came up to, like, oh, I don't, it was, like, 100 yards. I think it was, or 130 yards, maybe. Like, as soon as the range popped up, like, the left side of his antler frame, like, turned. And I was like, oh, shit, he's right there. Like, look at that. I'm in the open. Like, this is awesome. So I just, I, like, crouched down and kind of made my way back over to where he really couldn't see me. And, like, the stars just aligned enough, like, literally... If I would have taken one more step forward, he would have been able to see me. If I would have, mm-hmm. like, went, been back another step, I wouldn't have been able to see his antlers. So, like, how that worked out, I'll never be able to explain, I guess. But it did. So he's it in worked. there. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, my God, he's in there. So I just, I crouched down and I kept, like, glassing him in the binoculars, trying to see if he was moving or whatever. And he was bedded. So I was like, oh, that's handy. So I just like, there was a little tree in between me and him and I was like, okay, if I get down to that tree, I think I'll be about 60 yards or within 60. So we sh- I'll be good there. So I like take my boots off again and like shimmy down to that tree and I glass right where he's laying right next to those, those branches. And I like glass it or I range it. And it's 65. And I'm just like, yes, like he's dead. So then I'm trying to think what to do exactly. Like do it's starting to get dark. All that rain and stuff is coming. So I was like, do I try Do I just wait him out or do I try to make him stand up or do I, what the hell do I do? Mm-hmm. So I just, there was a little tree that was not too far from me, maybe 30 yards over straight to my left. Like, Straight out to my left. And I was like, if I can get to that, I wonder if I can see his vitals. So I just, like, I got all set up. It's a fairly steep hillside. So I just, like, had my right leg bent underneath me. And I was basically just, like, sitting on my ass on that hillside. And then my left leg was down almost straight. Um, If you can kind of get that visual. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of got set up. I knew what the range was going to be. And so... I, I would just creep out. Like, I'd watch him in my binoculars, and he would, when he would turn his head away from me, I would scoot over just a little bit. And it was like a game of inches. <laughs> and I'd scoot over a little bit, and, like, and every time I did it, he would turn his head to the left again. And I'm just like, he's going to see me next time. But I, was, I was, had everything ready, and I was like, if he stands up, I'm just going to slowly draw and settle my pin and shoot him. And uh, so I just kept scooting over and scooting over and scooting over. And one time, like, I shoot the, uh, I don't remember which one it is. It's like the Carter first choice. So it's a thumb release. Okay. So, and I don't have a wrist strap for it. So I just hook it onto my D-loop, keep it in my pocket, and then hook it on my D-loop whenever I'm close to doing something. Uh-huh. Well, I, like... I was getting pretty close to where I, I mean, his entire neck was showing in his head. He would look away from me and I would move over a little bit. So I moved over a little bit and my release like hit my 
it just like swung too far and hit my uh, quiver, like one of the arrows in my quiver, and it's like, ding, like it makes its little thing. And I just like, I know I got big eyes, and I was just like, shit. And he turned and looked right at me, like turned his head up and like looked directly at me for really not that long. But I was like, oh, God, this this isn't good. And he just he didn't see me like I was. So I was wearing my first light like those the new pattern of first light has that cypher. Yeah. I was wearing their pants, and then I was wearing a solid color Sitka, like, fleece pullover. <laughs> a solid color. And, like, he just looked over and just, I guess, didn't see me or didn't know what I was, thought I was a tree or something. I don't know. <laughs> so he, like, just carried on, like, turned away and did whatever. So I kept moving over, and finally I moved over far enough. But I'm in the freaking wide open. And I moved over far enough to where I could see, like, I had his kill zone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm probably 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes from losing my pin light. And I'm like, well, do I make him stand up? Or do I just do I just shoot him in his bed? And I'm like, just like you, like, I shoot like 80, 90 yards when I practice. Mm-hmm. just for stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And and so <clears throat> I was like, you know what? His vital area is fairly big compared to what, you know, we're usually shooting at. He's at 65 yards. I feel confident with me, with it. Like, he doesn't know that I'm here. So oh, I'm just going to shoot him right now. <laughs> so he's like, as soon as he completely turned away from me, like he had his, both of his ears out. Like he couldn't see me out of a peripheral or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just like went into total kill mode and <laughs> like I, I drew super slow. I just I remember make a shirt that says kill mode. On. Kill mode. Dude, yeah. Kill mode on. Yes. That would be awesome. I would probably wear it. Oh man. So like, I just, I remember, like, I drew, and I just remember thinking, all right, corner of the mouth, your nose is on the string, good level, settle your pin, and just squeeze. And I freaking squeezed, and I, that arrow, it arced in there, but not that much. Like, I just remember there wasn't much of an arc, it was like a freaking laser beam. And it just, like, shot right in there, and I heard the whack. And it sounded like you took a branch and broke it over your leg. Like, it was so loud. And he, like, just jumped up and took off running. And so there was a little rise between me and him that he had ran behind. So, like, I'm in my socks, and I just take off sprinting to that rise. (laughs) And, like, I get on top of it to see if I can see which way he went, and I can't see him. And I'm like, oh... Maybe he must have hooked around and, like, kind of button hooked around, took a right, and he went down this little drainage. I was like, okay, that's that's good. Well, where I saw that arrow going into was going to be right on his shoulder blade, pretty much. Like, that was right, really where I put it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, that's golden. Well, when he got up, it ended up hitting him right where I wanted it to. But when I when he got up and, like, he put that left shoulder really far forward, I saw the hole, but it looked like it was in his neck, like at the base of his neck. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dude, no way. Like, no way that that. But 
I like hit a white tail in the neck before that ducked my string. Uh-huh. And so I'm just like, shit, like, here we go again. This is not going to be good. God. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to go. And all this, like, all this weather's coming. It's getting dark. So I just, I literally just, like, run back up to my shoes. Like, I I think I've could, I could have ran anywhere on that mountain at that time. Like, I was so jacked. <laughs> I was doing fist bumps in the air. Yeah, it was awesome. So That's I get so up. Cool. Yeah, so I get up to my boots, and I just, like, take my glass out. My boots were a little bit higher than what I was. Like, I just started glassing around, and he's, like, laying there dead, like, 150 yards from where I shot him. And, like, I just just saw that rack sticking up, and I'm like, no way I just pulled that off. (laughs) Like, yeah, dude, I definitely just pulled that off. That's So, so cool. It was so cool. So I just, like, I knew he was dead. So I went back, got my boots on, went back, got my pack, got all my shit, and went over, and instead of, like, getting on a blood trail or whatever, I just went, I just cut the corner and walked straight to him. Yep. And I got up to him, like, went on his, his, the shoulder I hit him on was on his other side, and I walked up to him, and, like, his entire left front leg was just covered, like, coated in blood and, like, coagulated, like, just heart shot blood uh-huh. and my arrow like I switched arrows this year and I went to the I went to a micro diameter but I think Black Eagle calls it the nano di- diameter it's the yep, deep yep. impacts okay yeah and it's got the the outserts and I, th- I like that heavier arrow for my like draw length and weight like I'm pulling like 58 pounds uh-huh. and so I like that heavier arrow um and then I was shooting just a three-blade fixed blade, like the Green Reaper Hades or whatever. They were flying really good for me, so I just stuck with them. Awesome. And that freaking thing went through both shoulder blades. Passed through That's both so shoulder cool. blades. Dude, I know. That's like <laughs> one of the few pass-throughs that I've gotten. I'm just yeah. still super jacked with it. But the arrow, you know, it got a pass-through, so the arrow wasn't there. And I was like, no way did I get a pass-through. And so it, by that time, like, I was just trying to take pictures as fast uh-huh. as I could. Because, you know, yeah. Because, like, I mean, there was no light. So I, I took my headlamp off and, like, wrapped it around my tripod leg and sort of hung it in my direction. And then... Just set the 10-second timer and would hit the button and run over there and smile. And then I would run back and look at it. And God, I probably just looked like a moron. But I was. it started raining and then it started like pretty raining sideways. So I just kind of had to put everything away and put rain gear on. And just hacked him up and deboned him and threw him in the pack and went back to the pickup. But... It was it was a later one. It was like a twelve or one in the morning back to the vehicle, but oh, I just man. needed to do it. I know I just had to do it as fast as I could because then it was raining so hard and it was starting to snow and I was in on that stupid road. I was like, dude, <laughs> I'm gonna get stuck in here. It's like I'm gonna get stuck in here with this deer shit. <laughs> I know. I'm like, God. I and then I had to go to that wedding the next morning and I was just <laughs> like, I have to get out of here. So Man. got them all taken care of back to the vehicle, and then I drove out of there and went down to where I could get some service and called my dad 
and he was just laughing at me the whole time because I was so I was so jacked up. He's like, yeah, you kind of need. I mean, he was super excited. He's like, when he hung up the phone with me, he's like, you just kind of need to come down off your high a little bit and maybe get some sleep. And then, uh, but yeah, dude, it was just, it was crazy. And I ended up going back um, the next weekend. I ended up going back in there and getting my arrow. Oh, because, so cool. Yeah, so I went back in there and found it. And it wasn't 10 yards from where he was laying. <clears throat> and it, it went in and it ended up, like, I think when you move that front shoulder forward, it broke off, uh, like, I don't know, four or five inches from the back. But mm-hmm. it, so the fletching didn't go through, but the other side had already gone through and it, it went straight yeah. through. But yeah, I, I got both pieces. That's so cool. went, yeah, went back and got that. And, uh, yeah, it was super cool. It was funny too. Like when I was walking in, I didn't really, I think there was so much going on. Like I had to shoot him and get him packed out so fast. And then when the next day I had to go to that wedding. So I dropped the meat off in Gillette on the way to the wedding. And then I dropped the cape and the horns off with my dad so we could take him to our taxidermist. Yep. And like, it just, it was all happening so fast that I don't, it didn't really sink in and maybe it still really hasn't. But like when I was walking in to get that arrow, it was like, I was still looking for him. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of when you, I don't know. That's kind of when it hit me. I was like, holy shit, I did pull that off. Like I did get him. Like he's not here anymore. It was kind of cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So, so with that, you know, um, obviously I don't know, want to, want to know, well, especially online, like where you went, but Mm -hmm. like, did you just kind of, did you do any like Google earth searches and kind of find this place or did you just kind of happen upon it? You know, was it like quite a few miles away from the trailhead? Just, just that kind of like the general stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. So like when I first found this spot, um, I still lived in Nebraska. Like I, I hadn't even really started the mountain hunting stuff yet. Um, nearly as much like now with filming, like we're in the mountains every day and yeah, yeah. You know, we're doing big hunts and whatever, but I just like, I learned a ton like on rock slide about how to, how, how guys were kind of going about finding, finding areas, choosing areas, whatever. So I literally picked this wilderness because it was a wilderness and that's where everybody said you should go is a wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I find it, it's, you know, it's not too far from Nebraska, really. And uh, I got a map, and I literally just would look on that map and just read the topography and try to find, like, what I thought were basins, like high country basins. And then um, I looked on Google Earth at those and kind of got my bearings there. And then um uh, took a trip out. Like, I think boots on the ground is the best thing you can do because yeah yeah like i got in there i drove past it twice where i wanted to go because it, it looked it looked nothing like right? what it did on google earth yes so different <laughs> exactly and then the second thing i did was i was like on the map i was like okay i'm gonna go here and i'm gonna glass and i'm gonna go here and look at this and go here and look at this and i'm gonna make this thing well here's a tip is like actually use the ruler that's on Google earth because I must've planned like a freaking 15 mile day and I made it like three miles and it was just like, 
what the hell am I doing? So that's a tip. That's a tip for you. This is not going to work. Yeah. And it just never looks the same as when, like, <clears throat> even this year, like, with this year, I kind of went into a new drainage a little bit. Um, not really a new area. I just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, you just expanded kind of that little side. area. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yep. And I had looked on that, at that on Google Earth so much, and when I walked over the hill and looked in it, I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's Why just so much bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's really good looking, but I was like, this is gigantic. It's just, right? it's always just bigger than you think it is. So. Oh, man. Agreed. Boots on the ground is a very good idea. <laughs> yeah, for oh, sure. And God. I think... I think from the sound of your story, a really big help was the fact that you practice, you know, long distances when you practice. And when it came down to shooting a 65-yard shot, you felt super comfortable with it. Dude, I did. That's such a big deal. You know, because if you range them, and it doesn't matter if it's 40 yards. If you range that animal and you go 40 yards, you go, gosh... When you start drawing back, you're like, I hope I hit it. <laughs> Don't shoot. <laughs> not good. <laughs> not good that is oh, not a good not thought good. to go through your head. <laughs> no, no. And it's like, unless you completely, like, lose your shit. That's what I thought. I was like, that's why I had to make sure. And for whatever reason, you know, like, I shot that big deer last year in Nebraska. And I've shot another, I've shot other deer with my bow, too. And, like, I've always felt in control of it. Like, uh-huh. I didn't, I've never felt out of control, but I have never felt more, I don't want to, deadly sounds ridiculous, but I've never felt more, like, Focused? in control of exactly where that arrow was going to go. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that Hoyt I'm shooting has the turbo cams, and uh-huh. that's, like, not a super easy draw cycle. Uh-huh. And, you know, it, it takes a, a bit, but, like, as soon as I thought I was going to shoot like it was just like butter everything was just butter smooth like I don't know it's kind of crazy I can't even really explain it but like I knew exactly where that arrow was going to go yep and he yeah he was going to die I appreciate it it was cool I do I had a blast listening to your story I seriously appreciate you hopping on the show yeah for sure Thank you for tuning in to the show. It means a lot to us. But seriously, though, I really appreciate your ear. And it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast. If you didn't like it, one star it. But if you did, a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are... Eastman Elevated with Bride and Barney. And Hunt Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. And a special thanks to Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders, Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.